Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Snipers. Hi. My voice worked a little bit that time. Um, and on the phone, because we got people to talk to, I have Jacob Bynum from Rifles Only. Welcome back on the podcast. Hey. Thanks, man. It's great to be back. It's great to be back, man. How are you doing? Good, good. I was doing your podcast, uh, what, last week or something. We did that. I mean, we've just been yep. bouncing back and forth. It's always fun. Um, what yeah, you- I was on with you, and then I was on with Chris over at uh, at Rifle Crafts. It was it was pretty cool, man. We had a great time. The straight dope, I guess, is what he calls it. Yeah, yeah. And you um you've had Bartland on, right? So you did a couple things with Frank Green from Bartland Barrels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We had him on. We had him on, and we did the thing. And you know, this guy is. I mean, I had some questions for him, and he just talked about barrels, you know, from like start to finish and everything else. But you know, I got that email that's associated specifically with my podcast. And, you know, at the end, I say, if you got any questions for, you know, anybody, you know, email them in. And man, I just got a ton of emails. And so I finally got a hold of Frank again. And I said, hey, this is what happened. You know, got a bunch of questions, a bunch more stuff that, you know, people wanted to for you to address. And I said, I'm just going to read some of these off. And you tell me if you want me to answer them just by myself or if we need to get, get you back on the podcast. So I started going through the list. And he started answering. I said, dude, there's there's no way. <laughs> I, I'd much rather you talk about this than me try to answer specific questions. So we got him back on. And, uh, man, we just had a great time. We covered everything, dude. We covered molly bullets and cryo treating and just, just anything having to do with barrels. We talked about it. It was great, great time. Yeah, I saw a ton of people kind of talking about it and moving it around. And, and it was it was kind of lighting up the Internet a bit. Uh, with that podcast. So that was a great score to, um, to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. And that guy's so knowledgeable, you know, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It, you know, he's, and if he doesn't know something, he'll tell you. And if he knows something, but he thinks it and it's not proven, he'll tell you that, you know, he'll tell you exactly what the state of it is. He's not gonna, he's not gonna try to blow smoke up anybody's ass. He's a super, super good guy. I just really enjoyed having him on, you know, twice. It was great. Nice, nice. That's awesome. And so now uh, getting into the seasons and once we get past January one, like one of the early events of the season is the brawl, which is in February. Yeah, 17th and 18th. And we'll do the train up on the 13th on that Monday. You know how we do it. We Monday mm-hmm. through Wednesday, just kind of go over and, you know, get people's dope and get them comfortable on the range. And then we take Thursday off for range prep. And then Friday and Saturday is the match. And so it's uh, it's going pretty good. I, I know our, our, our price table is looking pretty healthy. So well, I'm it always has. That. I mean, Rifles yeah, Only yeah. has always had the best price tables, um, you know, down there. And I want to yeah. just jump into this real quick because – Rifles Only is a training facility, and you go do competitions, right? You're one of the first guys to ever do competitions like this. This style came from you. Yep. And when we did it, it was a training component, right? First, the comps were extensions of what we were seeing, and I'll get into that later. But I want to talk about the training side of it because Mm -hmm. competitions can be intimidating, Mm-hmm. You're going to go head to head against people you may or may not know. The ones you mm-hmm. do know, you know for a reason because they're good. Right. And then you get the sleepers who come in. You get all these other people. So there's an intimidation factor. Yeah. And we solved a lot of that because we always offered that training side. Come down here. Let's get you accustomed to it. Let's get you familiar Let's put you into the situation. And then, you know, they, they we started to see some ringers came in. 
You know, ringers yeah. would come to the the train ups, guys who didn't need it, but knew it was valid practice on the range you were going to shoot. So then the series and stuff says no more training. And because it's unfair for this guy to go and practice on the range and I can't do it. But it's it mm-hmm. to me, it's had a really negative effect. And like one of the things before I, I'll let you jump in, one of the things that I saw is like the guys in Italy, they're doing their PRS style shooting. They're doing their comp. They're doing a huge training component. Mm-hmm. And their community is growing lights out. If you go to Facebook and look at that DLR Italy shooting page, mm-hmm. those guys are going banshee. Yeah. And yeah, it should. Right. And it's focusing around his training because the guy's a pilot. He's a big mm-hmm. he's a he's a big pilot, like 747 pilot. Yeah. And he understands the benefit of learning. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then that, that practice that goes along with it too, because he's understanding, you know, the, the whole, whatever he's, if he's, you know, flying a plane like that, he's, he's having to go more often than once a year and do all sorts of simulator training, you know, for emergency procedures and everything else. And it's kind of the same thing. You know, you got to get to where, you know, the, you have to get to where your actions are, you can take care of them like solving a shooting problem without having to think. And the biggest problem on that is obviously the fundamentals of marksmanship, because we have we have so many problems to solve environmentally downrange. We need to make sure that fundamentally we have that. You know, that's that's yeah. not an issue. If we miss if we miss to the right or left, it's because we misjudged the wind. No harm, no foul. But it wasn't because we slapped a trigger. <laughs> yes. And and so it's like you're still doing that training side. I mean, we we had solid numbers in the 20s of people mm-hmm. who came to the train up. And this was a time where if we had 75 people in the match, that was the biggest match in the country. So you're yep. looking at 25 of those people are learning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and Absolutely. Right, and how much – Better things flowed. How much like it, it, I, it's a weird. I don't. I, I'm I'm at loss for the words because I. I mean, I bounce into comps. You're running comps, and you see some of what's going on. But to me, the rock stars have sort of separated from some of the people like that top ten percent. Yeah. When you look at that bottom fifty, that yeah. bottom fifty is really kind of like out there. Because they don't have these these things to go train. Right, right. And it's just, and it's kind of the same thing. You know, we we have that unique thing, you know, um, moving targets, you know, and m- not all, but most competitions don't have that. You know what I'm saying? And so then the, the training for somebody to do that, and the reason that you, that I bring this up is because we do the, like the PR one class, which is just a little, it's just a little two day intro to precision rifle. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, um, and we get those guys out here and it's like, you know, we'll go and we'll cover a few things, but then for the last hour, I'll say, Hey, what do you guys want to revisit? You know, what's a little fuzzy. And sometimes it's just a conversation, but sometimes it's actual drills on the range. And I always make the comment to them, you know, uh, you're not really going to get a chance to shoot movers, you know, very often. So do it, you know, do that. That way, whenever you go somewhere else or, you know, it helps me in hunting, obviously. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get what you're saying. We're always had that training aspect. And it even came up with whenever I was visiting with Chris Way, um, 
you know, it, we were talking about the the magazine off, you know, and that, you know, that really rubs some people the wrong way because at, at most, yeah. So, and so, but the thing about it is, you know, like you said in the in the initial part of this conversation, we're a training facility. And so we'll go out and we're doing a three-day handgun class or a five-day handgun class or, or carbine. Man, one of the things that you're going to get down is that emergency reload procedure. You know, you're going to – you can get a new magazine in that pistol really, really quickly because it's a very, very important part of, of you know, being effective with a handgun or a carbine. But we don't do it with a precision rifle. No. And so – yeah, there is a safety aspect to it, but we are a training facility. Like we were talking about with Chris, you know, we want you to come away from here. And it, it goes all the way back to before you were here, while you were here, and it's still continuing. You know, there's always going to be some something that you're going to learn that you need to work on well, whenever I mean, you come to this match. I mean, us like in the most just to talk where you just went magazine, the mm-hmm. most simplistic thing we can do in a drill that you and I did constantly there was probably going to be you know a minimum of three stages where we said you know you're going to shoot three rounds change a mag and shoot the other two or some variation of that you had to have a magazine change inside the drill correct right they don't do that like every i've been to matches that may have required me to, to change the mag because they went over the round count over like 10 or 12 rounds. Uh-huh. But I've not been pressed to change a mag. And if I can get away with something that has a bigger mag, I win. Where right. they're not teaching you the most big, like none of these drills today or stages, I guess I should call them, not drills, but stages in a match. Are to me are really teaching anybody, but the sort of the the repetition of the motion. But they're not teaching anybody any like transferable skills in a lot of ways. I, I guess is a way I want to put it. Yeah, and just basic weapons handling skills. Well, yeah, that would probably be the best def- definition is the weapons handling skills because we do see sort of the the, the rifles got so much heavier. They've mm-hmm. gotten a little sloppier carrying them, although the clips today are good, putting that clip on your rifle and having it straight up and down on your body. Yeah. Uh, you know, but when you see them grab it because of the weight and where they're balancing it in the middle, it almost wants you to do a suitcase carry. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Right? Sure. Right? And, and you yep. see it, and you're like, dude, don't go there. <laughs> right. And so exactly what you just said kind of translates what I'm missing to say is weapons handling. You know what I mean? It, yep. it, and I've said this to people. You shoot really good. It's your manual of arms. It's your weapon handling. That's the problem. You don't know where the mag well is. You're fumbling for your turrets. You know, yep. you don't understand your rifle. You're not intimate with it like we are with our cars. And and I talk about that in a class all the time. Your scopes are your mirrors. You know, the bolt is your uh, steering wheel and your stock is your seats. Mm -hmm. If you change the steering wheel, the mirrors, or a seat in any person's car out there, they'll immediately know. Yeah. Like, who the fuck moved my shit? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody takes your vehicle to the store and you come back and you, you get in it and everything's all screwed up. <laughs> My hands up happens all the time because they're bigger than I am yep. and they fucking crank the seat all the way back. And so luckily I got buttons, right? You push the, right, the yep. number one button and it puts me back. But anyway, it, yep. yes, that's exactly it. And, and to me, while there's a lot more comps, there's a lot more stages a person can shoot in a year and... Don't get me wrong. The guys that are doing, you know, eight to 12 matches a, a, a season, those guys are good. But oh, it's yeah. repetition. But I'm talking mm-hmm. the guy that does two. Right. right. And, the guy that, and the guy that does two doesn't understand his rifle. He's not intimate with it. And it's exactly what you said, the weapons handling. And I don't really think they promote it. Yeah. And, and you know, that that's kind of one of those things, too. They, they have a... I have a client that's, man, he really, really wants to do that night force long range challenge. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, he came out here, uh, last spring, didn't know anything, you know what I mean? But he knew that he liked it. And so we pushed it through and we pushed it through the class. He goes, well, what do I need to do next? I said, do this one again. And then you're going to go start to see some other people. So he came back in the fall and he did it. Then, uh, one of my friends who's really into the, the ELR, I called him up. I said, Hey, can you spend some time with him? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at a guy that in less than a year's time, you know, he was out here to begin with with a 308. Next time he comes back, of course, he's shooting 6.5 Creedmoor. Uh, he's he's kitted himself up and he's prepping, you know, for that long range stuff with, you know, the the enabler. And it's like um, it, he was one of those guys that he did not want to go to a competition because he didn't want to go and look terrible. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But then he comes in and he puts in the work and he comes uh, to some place like like me to begin with. And I'm going to toot my own horn. I, I pushed him to get better. You know what I mean? I made him feel welcome. You know, I did as much as I could. And whenever I started pushing him out to other people, I made sure that those people were competent as well, you know, for that more specialized type training. And so I think that with a lot of these places, you know, a lot of these places are not, you know, they're not training facilities, Frank. You know, they're going out there and they're having to set up for a match. And then after the match is over, they have to tear down. I mean, K&M is and, you know, the other place over in Florida, you know, they're they're doing it and they're, you know, they have their stuff there all the time. But a lot of times I think that little bit of personal touch is lost because the match directors and the ROs have spent so much time in preparation for the match. And then after the match is over, they got to spend so much time tearing everything back down that their minds aren't really in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's, so, it's the repetitiveness too, you know? Yeah. Uh, Cause like at K and I know the people that go there, they just do the same thing they do in a match and they're just getting mm-hmm. you tuned up on the props, Yep. you know, cause they're prop heavy. Yeah. And, and so, sure. and that's all they work on, you know, but yeah, you're doing things a lot different. I think that guy came to Chris, um, and he was here with me. I didn't do it mm-hmm. with him. Uh, but a 300 Norma. I think your guy mm-hmm. you're talking yeah, 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 about yeah. Yep, shot, yep, what, shot yep. with us. Um, yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we found some stuff, but now I understand he's going more of a free recoil thing that was a little more accurate for him. Because we found an inconsistency in his um, in the bag, in, in the way the recoil pulse was working with him. And mm-hmm. Chris even filmed it. And, and we had some nice slow motion video that showed like two different types of pulses he had where his, right. incon- but um, yeah, he went well, to that's, Frank. That's strictly because he's new. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Oh. He hasn't, he hasn't found his style yet. And he's, he's still, he's getting it on a really rapid rate now, you know, but he's, he's still in that point to where he's figuring out, 
you know, what's going to work for him. And I, I saw the exact same thing. Yeah. And, you know, we sit there and we talk about it. And, uh, but you know, the, the thing about it is at least there's somebody that would take the time to actually talk to him about it and film it. And you know, yeah. Oh, we're, but he improved. I mean, yeah. we saw some oh, really yeah. good stuff and we punched him out and then he came mm-hmm. back in and Chris would, Chris was working with him the most. And I was just filling in some stuff. Um, and what it was is we would punch him out to distance and then Chris would pull him back and hit him back at a hundred and then punch yeah. him out far. And yeah, it worked out. Uh, it worked out well that he's, he's the guy. He's the yeah. one that's hungry. That's a little bit intimidated that yep. has the, the hunger, has the means. And and you mm-hmm. know what? He, he's, he's our age more or less. He might be a year or two, yep. but there's, he doesn't want to be embarrassed. And we're no. old enough in our life right now where we won't go to get embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We're yeah. smart enough yeah, know to know. Yeah, yeah. We're smart yeah. enough to know if I go. Well, do- we're smart enough to know that there's things that we don't know that we don't know. Yeah. And so let's go to those places where we can find out what it is that we don't know yet and then apply it. And this is this is like a perfect example of that. You know what I mean? It's, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Well, I mean, even the, the pieces of you and I that are breaking our bodies, you know, yeah. our eyes are, are think like. I know my limits and go, well, I'll go to a guardian and go do that. And I know I'm going to be a mid pack guy and I'm okay yep. with being there and being yep. that guy. But now the question is, is, well, wait a minute. Am I Frank from snipers hide? And can I come in 50th place and not get ridiculed for the next, you know, two weeks? And, and it's like, am I okay with that? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause I don't give a fuck. And, and, and so it's, it's like, say what you want. I showed up, even though, you know, I used this fake name or, or something like that. We're still out doing it, but we want to do it a little bit more on our terms. Yeah, I hear you. It's exactly right, man. It's exactly right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see it as a bad thing. I, I just, and, and there's a lot of these people out there that want to be taught that want to understand the nuances before they jump into something. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a big missing element that they don't have uh, the the packages where two days before the event, you can go get spun up a little bit. I mean, these people, I understand the ringer side of it, but the majority of these people aren't a threat. Right. And, you know, you can tell a ringer no, you don't have mm-hmm. to necessarily take his money. Now, we didn't look at it like these guys were like the biggest one that I know people talked about with you and I early on was Matt Burkett. Mm-hmm. But we never really I mean, we knew Matt was a professional shooter coming out of the three gun world and all that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't his discipline. So when right. he came into a precision rifle train up. We looked at it like this isn't Matt's discipline, even though we knew he was a hell of a shooter. Mm-hmm. He was going to come in the top five anyway. Yeah. But, you know, who asked the most questions? You know what I mean? Exactly. He, it, it, was, it, was, it was him. He pushed, right. He pushed the class further because he wanted to know more. Yep. Exactly right. And he was, you know, he was asking, and we, we run across those, you know, every now and then. And so it's kind of, it's kind of good. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I know that in years past, you know, that we would have the match, you know, we always, we always did Friday, Saturday, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of, 
you know, at what, what are we going to do after the match on Saturday? Well, this place stayed packed, you know what I mean? Until, you know, 10 o'clock at night and man, you don't see that anymore. We're still, there's still a few, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's still a few, but man, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same, but we, you know, it's not because of, it's not because we're not, you know, still providing that venue where people can sit around and BS and everything else. But again, a part of that is the fact that there were so few matches, you know, whenever we first started out that this was like, you know, one time a year or two times a year, whenever we were doing two down here, that these people actually saw each other. So they wanted to hang out, you know, they wanted to have a beer and just kind of, you know, catch up on what everybody had been up to and all that other kind of stuff. But it, it seems like that that's got a little bit, I mean, it's still there, but it's not as strong as it used to be. No, they click off, they go to their Airbnbs with the group and they want to be, they don't, I don't know why, but they don't want to interact with them. And it's like, you know, they'll click off over here and, and you get the, the, the teams that do that. But I yep. notice, I see that as well, that like, you know, even at Guardian and Cameo, there, we, we were in the, that one area and stuff, but there was like an element when it was over, it was like everybody just left. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I'm kind of looking around going, wow, there's no real like tailgating going on. Where's the, right. y- you know, and, and, and it was a weird kind of thing, but I mean, it is different because it was so new and yeah. everybody wanted to meet everybody. And now mm-hmm. what's happened is everybody's already made their mind up of who you are. Yeah. Like they've already <laughs> made their decision. Yeah, you're either in my league or you're not, and if you're not in my league, you're you, you, or if you are in my league, you're already with me, and we're over here. And and I just think it's weird, but I mean, it is what it is because we did the party was every bit as important. What we were going to oh, yeah, eat, dude. Sure. Think about the food, <laughs> right? I know. What we were going to eat was like three months of conversation. I know, I know. It, it, we had to get it right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, oh, because you had people coming from out of town. We had the uh, yep. like Kevin Drake. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's coming from fucking Virginia, D.C. He's working the fucking job. He's coming yep. for fucking brisket, dude. And it better be right. And yeah, it better be. <laughs> yeah, and your shit better be on. And and all these things you do. And and don't fall down on the on the you know uh, the condiments or any of the other stuff. It's got to be the right barbecue sauce, the right this, the right that. And then, you know, the guys that come in from Louisiana, next thing you know, there's half a crawdad thing going on. And- yeah. Well, they did that whenever we had that. Uh, we had two 24-hour matches. You remember that one time? Mm-hmm. It was in the middle of the night. They did a crawfish boil, you know, like at 1.30 in the morning. Yes. You know, because we were, we were going to continue shooting until noon. And so they, they did that and it was, man, that was great. I was packed. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I, they don't see this because they're too busy promoting team a over team yeah. B and look what team A's they, they, they mistakenly believe that top 10% is going to invigorate the missing 75%. It's like, hey, here's 10% or 15% of these guys that are rock stars. Look at this guy. Look at that guy. Look at this guy. You know, let's pat him on the back. And everybody can come and be like him. But instead, it's kind of having a cooling effect because it's, it's, it's just too much. Yeah. Well, what are you doing in February? Because Drake's coming to this one. Is he? I don't. Well, oh, I think I'm going to be in San Diego that week. I oh, got, you poor thing. Yeah, Paula. We're going to be in Paula. We got the uh, class in Paula. 
It's the 17th ah, nice. and 19th, I think, with uh, you, oh, nice. yeah, I usually see Serge and George and those guys there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I'm almost, I would be down there if I wasn't going to be at Paula. Oh, it's all right, man. It's all right. We're going to have another one next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll have Mark move Paula yeah. a couple of days or something because <laughs> that's easy enough to move them. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's good. No, I, and the thing, what we're seeing now is, you know, um, and I, again, I'm, I'm bragging on rifles only, but I am rifles only, so live with it. Um, I see a lot of the, the stuff out there on the Internet where people are saying, okay, um, range officers, you know, we need range officers. We need range officers. And man, rifles only, by the grace of God, we've never had that problem. You know what I mean? I mean? We've always had plenty of range officers here. They show up, they show up on Monday, you know, and kind of, you know, do the class or whatever, you know, do a little bit of shooting and then hang out. And then that's on those evenings leading up to the match too, where, you know, there's a lot of camaraderie going on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it, I think that it is part of that fact is that if you're a range officer here, you know, one, you're going to be very well respected. You're going to be very well taken care of, you know, uh, as far as just the hospitality, but also also on the prize table. You know, we 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 support those guys because the the range officer is is the heart of the match. You right, know what I mean? Right. There's no question. It's not me. It's not me. It's not the range. It's not any of that. It's those range officers that come and spend their time so that everybody else can have a good match, you know, and it's just. I don't know, man. Dude, do you know. believe they don't have a national training program for range officers? Well, in, uh, in that they don't have like an official, like a, a guy who represents them to go to the match as an independent kind of arbitrator mm-hmm. and show up. Now, granted, they're so biased and bullshit with their their rock stars, it probably wouldn't be fair anyway. But they don't have a thing to basically train people to like it's a national series they got all the money in the world they could buy fucking yachts and mansions but they can't put a training program together and and say hey this is our ro cadre they're the best ro cadre on the planet because we train them and we work them and we have a we have like a train or a a range officer you know chieftain who, who mm-hmm. manages these people and does, you know, the, the, like the, the best they have. And, and he's a great dude and all that. And I thought it's like an Eric Lumberg who can manage him when he does his certain things. But other than that, they don't have a program. And it's nuts because it really be, can become such a feeder because there's a lot of people who want to see it first before they yeah. attempt it. And that, right. and a range officer program, I mean, like you said, you have... You're the I opened the merch thing on Sniper's Hide and he was mm-hmm. like, dude, who who what's going on with Corpus Christi? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes orders from Corpus Christi. I said, dude, that's because of rifles only and the loyalty of the people there. Yeah, that they're yep, still sure. buying things from me. And mm-hmm. that Corpus Christi Christi showed up on my vendor's map. Yep. And, yep. and that's what you built. That's your crew that I just happened to, to acquaint with when I was there. But that's your crew and the loyalty that's shown to rifles only is second to none. Yeah, well, we, we've been at it a long time and we've been treating people right and fair. You know, it's just that's the want, key. It's fair, dude. Yeah, it's fair. And it's like um, we, we had on the one of the last ones. We, I had to drop a stage because I had a couple of shooters get an unfair advantage, you know, on a, that the other shooters did not have. And uh 
I dropped the stage. And so it kind of, you know, there was a, there was a big rumpling about that and everything else. And I finally told him at the, at the awards banquet, I said, look, I've got, I've got several hats to wear here. My first hat when I wear the, do this match as a match director is I have to run a safe match. I said, after safe, it's gotta be fair. And after fair, it's gotta be fun. And it's in that order. And that's the order I'm going to run it. And I, I, I really am not going to, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, suffer any bullshit because of it, because first off, you, you know how I am about safety. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, terrible or great yeah, you, dude, whatever had, your perspective is we've had the most elaborate stages on the planet that ran a hundred percent safe oh yeah absolutely absolutely but the next thing is it's got to be fair and i think that we're seeing that there's could be some areas where things are not fair out there you know what i mean yes. and i i hope that those aren't true but you know it, there's there's grumblings about it and I, I mean it's not even worth getting into but then fun you know and it's kind of like are we are we still having fun? That's that's the question. Are we still having fun? But like I say, safe, fair, then fun in that order. And that's just in stone to me. Yeah. I mean, and it, it really I don't know. I like I said, it's 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 simplistic at some of the things you and I talked about immediately. And we always made a point of how can this fall down? How can someone screw up? Where are they going to try to cheat it? You know, you're looking at all these different things when you're designing a stage. Like, I don't know if you like, do you have any flagship stage going on at the brawl? Yeah, I'm going to keep it close to the vest. OK, um, because of the fact that of um, of the prize of the prizes okay. that are going to be available. So, yeah, this is going to be a battle. <laughs> what about a repeat stage? that is kind of an old favorite that you can tell some people kind of something that's a like i know you do like kyls or tyls whatever they're called now but you do them out at like eight and a thousand and stuff like that and um no what i did is i did a i kind of designed a new one you know you typically have you know a plate rack that's got you know a smaller progressively smaller yeah plates. progressive so rack we, that's we, it yeah 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 so we have those at 400 and then i also did one uh, called frustration ladder and it was it's kind of based off the same thing except you start at 300 and all the targets are 10 inch and you start at 300 and you get progressively more points as you go to every yard line out to a thousand and then you know if you if you drop it you know then you lose your points you got to come back to three we've also done reverse frustration ladder to where you had to hit that thousand to begin with you that's know what I mean? the one then, that was the one i yeah. re- yep yep yeah. And so we we twist up these these uh, stages like that a little bit. And um, it, it's just that kind of stuff. Another another really wildly popular one that we haven't done in a long time is the mousetrap. Mm-hmm. And so people people love that stage and it will love hate the relationship. I know one of the one of the clients that comes and does PR one and two pretty regularly. So, the, yeah, he says, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to rifles only next week for another PR one and two. So I've been crawling around my cabinets in my house with my rifle. Yeah. Well, it's it's a vertical <laughs> low crawl. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it's, it's, a, it it's, it's basically think about like sniper stuff and crawling through crap and you're crawling through the weeds and the bushes and, the and, you know, your, your brer rabbit thrown in the pricker bushes. Well, yep. the only difference is you're going vertical, not across the ground. So you're doing yep. this kind of maneuver. You're just maneuvering with your rifle vertically instead yep. of across the ground. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's where, that's where you, you know, the weapons handling skills, someone who is really familiar with their weapon 
and you know and how to how to bring it to bear in confined spaces you know under time because the targets aren't far you know what i mean they're not far they're inside 100 yards mm -hmm. but you know you have to you have to know how to move efficiently and uh, you know just as best as you possibly can and whenever you're going to stick that magazine in there you better not miss the magazine well because you'll probably time out yeah yeah i mean it, it's 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 a Again, it's it's a way of adding a level of stress that a lot of these other drills don't do. You know, walking three feet and putting your game changer on a tank trap, there's no stress yep. involved. I mean, you see these guys, like the, the one now, you look at Phil Vallejo, right? That dude yep. moves in slow motion, and, mm -hmm. and he has absolutely no stress. And, yep. and it's it's amazing. Uh, one of the things, sports science and all that stuff, so I'm, I'm listening to the radio uh, yesterday, and they were talking about football, right? And they mm -hmm. analyzed 50 years of uh, field goal kickers. Uh -huh. And they've got it down where they can watch their pre-kicking like uh, mannerisms mm -hmm. and know whether they're going to make it. Because they know the number one thing for those kickers is anxiety. Yeah. And they figured yeah. out where they watch somebody who's confident and boom, that he's going to make it. And they analyzed 50 years of them and they nailed it. And they were yeah. talking about how this sports medicine allows them to see that the number one stressor is anxiety. Yeah. But you know, that's the, that's going to be, that's going to be true in any sport. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like, it's like the guys I had, a <laughs> I had a class, Frank, it was, it was last spring. And, um, so we're, you know, we're starting eight 30 Monday morning. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't look at the list of people on the class. You know what I mean? I just didn't, I, I, I mean, I, I don't care. I knew we were going to have six people. So it's great. It's a good class because it was, it was time for a smaller class. And so I was ready for it and I had, you know, no worries at all. So I'm sitting out here in the team room and guys start trickling in and this guy comes up. I'm not going to say who he is, but. Uh, he introduces himself to me, you know, and I, I had, um, I had one of those, uh, little fanboy moments, <laughs> you know mm -hmm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. This, this guy is like, this guy is a legend in the special operations community. I mean, an absolute legend. And, uh, he'd been doing it for a long time. Of course he's retired now, but, uh, at any rate, so he's shooting a gun that, man, this thing was state of the art circa like 1994 you know what i mean <laughs> uh top loader all this other shit 308 no no break not even threaded nothing and then everyone else in the class their their equipment was markedly different if you know what i mean mm -hmm. it was uh it was uh it was it was looking really really sharp really really expensive dude that guy smoked everybody <laughs> he smoked everybody in the class because it was just like Man, he just never, ever did he get anxious about anything. And towards the end of the class on these weeks, you know, we, we start to build up and add the tension and start putting time on them and stuff like that. And then on Friday, we just have a full out competition. And it was it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close because for him, you know, this is, you know, it's Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he wasn't worried about anything. He was never worried about the clock. He was never worried about any of that crap. He just went through it. And it was just like, holy smokes. I bet I, if I had to guess, I would say that that guy had carried a sniper rifle before. Yeah, and, and, he, and it's one of those things where he's like, hey, man, they ain't shooting back. <laughs> that's that's pretty much came up a lot because the other people in the class were 
pretty amazed. And of course he's a super good guy. They all got along, you know, everybody makes friends in these classes. And, uh, that that's that's pretty much the way it was you know that's pretty much hey man <laughs> nobody's shooting at me yeah this yeah is a great day yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> on vacation man i'm on vacation yeah. i ain't doing shit. exactly yeah i get to come down here and hit some targets and some high winds nobody's shooting at me he says uh and, you know i'm gonna have a whiskey at the end of the day because it's a good day <laughs> and, and and not just to, to kind of laugh at that listens for have you paid any attention to the, the fucking doe kid who's stealing luggage yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Okay, I, yeah, we we did one or two classes for those guys, and mm-hmm. and we got to see a little bit of like internal politics. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking cutthroat there. Like, how did this guy steal two things of luggage and still have a job? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like twice. He didn't do it once. He did it twice. I mean, yep. just from what. Like my experience, your experience from seeing like the internal side of shit, like somebody should have been shanking him at least three dozen times. I think it's probably four dozen, Frank. Yeah, easily. Cause I'm like, holy yeah. fuck, this place is like, you know, they're, they're smiling and shaking hands with each other. And then the, when the one guy walks away, he goes, that motherfucker just wrote me up and did this. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's like that guy just shook your hand. And he's like, yeah, yep. he just wrote me up. I'm like, whoa, what the? And, and yeah, it was weird. But anyway, I thought that was kind of strange that a dude can get away with stealing luggage twice with a group that, from my mind, they don't take no shit. Yeah. And then you'll have someone else that has an infraction which is markedly less severe yeah and they'll hang them out to dry man oh yeah yeah i'm like it the fact it took that long clearly shows a level of protection from on high yep because it's crazy yeah i'm like oh my god like no way that would have flew but no not at all yeah he would have had he would have had fucking you know rats coming over the top to drop letters in the box yeah, no question, no question. Crazy, crazy. So, what else you got going on the horizon, man? For the for we we, we got the brawl going on. You you yeah, you got that's the- going to be yeah February seventeenth and eighteenth, and again on the thirteenth we start the we start the trade up. So, if anybody wants to wants to get involved with that, just go to riflesonly.com and get you get you signed up, and so we can get a head count for it and everything else. But yeah, we got that going on. It's, um, it's really a good time of year down there. You're in the what 70, 65, 70 in February. Yeah, usually. But um, the last two years, we've had a cold snap. Two years ago, we had a cold snap the week of the train up. And I mean, there was it was bad, Frank. The power company couldn't keep up. There was, you know, rolling blackouts out here. People's heaters weren't working, all that stuff. So we lost power here at Rifles Only. And of course, Rifles Only is a full house at that time. And so but the match, the, the, the day the match came along, I mean, it just, it just broke really, really clear skies. We had ice, you know, we had all of that, you know, just gloomy high winds and everything else, but the winds calmed down the, uh, the sun came out. And so we had real, it's a good time in South Texas that late, that, you know, late February is typically a good time, which is why we do it. We can't do one down here in August because everybody would be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could do a night match, right? You can. (laughs) Yeah, we've done that. We've done that. You know, we've done, we've done some of those. We did that with the, with the rim fire last year about this time and um it was it was really cool because i was able i found this i forget the name of them frank i'll have to send it to you because they're cool as shit but 
they're just these like um, four sided lights that come with their own stand and everything. Oh, else. yeah. Yeah. And, and so you, they go up about eight feet. So that really diffuses a lot of light over the area that you're working. And uh, I'm going to do a center fire, too, because we were able to put those out at the targets. And again, you know, for the for the 22, we were just, you know, shooting like 200. It's the furthest. But at that night match, we called it the, the vampire night match. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we're that's on and doing 22s are perfect for that because oh, yeah, you, you don't absolutely. have to light up a lot. And then nope. the light adds its own little weirdness with the shadows. Remember, remember the dude. Yeah. Remember when we did the night stage and the dude shot the light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We call him Light Slayer because I mean, the target was so much larger than the light that was shining on it, and he just put a round right through it. <laughs> and, and it was funny because it still stayed lit, but it dimmed considerably. Yep. And yep. and, and, and that, it, you presented him with the light, didn't you? Yeah, I gave it to him. I gave it to him. And he bought me a new one to replace it too. But, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was that was out there. You know, that was uh that wasn't off the tower or anything else. That was out here on the side. Yeah, there's a middle the pasture shot, on the by the yeah, road. Yeah. Yeah, I think the target was, you know, it was a great shot. Really was. I mean, the target was beyond seven hundred. And so I thought, man, I don't know if I could make that shot. That's pretty good. <laughs> I was sitting there with a the full size Ipsic right next to it. I said, I think I would have gone for the Ipsic rather than the little light bulb. <laughs> but mm-hmm. he damn sure hit it. <laughs> Um, you, you said you were switching up some, what are you shooting? You're back to six Creed or did you change something up? No, I got, you know, I, I ended up with the ATX and then whenever, whenever it was being shipped, I had, I had the, the crew at mile high, go ahead and spin me up a, a six millimeter Creedmoor barrel. Cause I, I'd, I'd spun up a couple of six millimeter Creedmoors on my old AW and I liked it. Um, so I had them, you know, send that down and I had them do the, the contour of the barrel for um like the the 90s aw you know that real lightweight Mm -hmm. i guess it's called a light palmer or something like that so my gun came in really light and then as it turns out we were at the brawl last year or earlier this year as it sits in february of, of the previous february and so this couple came in from they came in from um phoenix i believe it was and so we're all talking and everything else and i heard her mention that she had, she was shooting a 22 Creedmoor. I said, all right. So I was real stalker, man. Whenever she went up to shoot off the thousand and I like listened to the dope that she used, I immediately turned around, <laughs> picked up the phone and called Mile High. And I said, I need a 22 Creed barrel for this thing. So <laughs> I've got the 22 Creed barrel. And then, you know, the Dallas custom reloads of Dallas made me up a hundred rounds of it. And he's, he's pushing, I think it's a 75 or a 77 grain bullet. And he's, he's saying it's 3420. But I haven't put the barrel on yet because I want to go up in your neck of the woods and shoot prairie dogs with it because I think that that's going to be an excellent prairie dog gun. And I know the fun's only going to last about 900 or 1,000 rounds that fast. Yeah, I got dogs on the range now. They came back on. And so if you need to pop a dog, I got dogs on the range. The Creedmoor, um, with the 22 stuff, because I'm doing that Valkyrie and everything – I, mm-hmm. I now have my Valkyrie load and I've settled on it. Everything's good. I'm at 3025 with an 85.5. Yeah. And you said that solved a lot of shit for you, didn't it? It solved a ton of problems. And it, you know what? Yep. It's, it's fast. It's accurate. I didn't dick around because I'm reloading it and I'm not that guy. I'm just dropping it in. I use the tuner to clean up the group. But mm-hmm. my SDs are single digit and the velocity is where I want it. And it wasn't yep. awful. It was like five eighths, you know, three quarter. And then I just had to clean it up to half three eighths. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I really just putting the tuner on did that. I didn't have to adjust it, although I could. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that 
85.5 at 3,000 feet per second. It's yeah. amazing. It's a, it's That's six, a lot of fun. Yeah, dude. It's 6.9 at 1,000 yards. Yep. And it, it just hammers, and it did. It solved. I really do like the, like, I think the 22 GT is a good one, and I don't mm-hmm. think the 22 GT will burn the barrel out that bad. Um, yeah. The 22 Creedmoor is a lot faster, so, yeah, you're going to yeah. have a, a, a burner. But that one and that one, and then, you know, we're playing with the Valkyrie and just, you know, we rejiggered the powder for a bolt gun, and mm-hmm. we're seeing some positives in those 22s. And I really do think you're going to see the shift go from the sixes down to the 22s because we're just tapping steel. And, yep. you know, especially back east, you go there where they don't have the wind. I mean, you got wind. Right. I have wind. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. And, 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 but, you know, back east in Tennessee, they don't have wind. And right. um, so the 22s are going to end up ruling the roost. And so I can see that that's going to become a dynamic shift. Uh, it's yeah. Just, you know. Yeah, but that um, there was one of those. I was talking to, I had George on, and he was telling me that one of those twenty-two bullets had a higher BC than one of the six six millimeter bullets. And so I was gonna, I was gonna follow up with him and find out which one that was, so I can start running, you know, do some testing with that as well. So I don't know, man. Whenever you're going that fast, and of course, there's no speed restrictions here at Rifles Only. We don't, you know, we don't limit it or anything else. So. I don't know. I, I think I will. Uh, uh, of course, I'm going to spin that barrel on, you know, in the spring before I head up to your area. And the only way I can ever get any data in the spring down here is to shoot in 25 mile an hour wind. So I yeah. will definitely give you an update at 25 at, at, you know, that's the medium wind. So I'll pick out one of those days when it's up in the, you know, high twenties or low thirties and give you a report on that. Yeah. I, I like the 22. I've been shooting it pretty religiously. I, like I said, mm-hmm. Brian, with the Valkyrie and I know Brian Whalen, his load was only like twenty eight eighty five. So yeah, but some, he got like a shit ton of rounds out of that barrel. Didn't nine he? nine thousand. Wow. And and yeah, wow. and and so I'm saying if I'm doing three thousand uh, feet per second, and if I got five thousand rounds out of it, that's still yeah. huge. When yeah. everything is half of that that most people are dealing with in right. in in the winning cartridges, you know, they're in the eighteen to twenty five hundred range yeah if you can get five thousand and in and match them with and anyway you slice it there's no recoil in those 22s oh i know so you're 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 gaining there and then as long as you get the speed that the because i really do think the 22s want to go fast where some of the other ones can get away with a little slower i think the 22s love the speed like you're saying that that 32 to 34 is a nice spot yeah. Um, the 29 to 3000 and in there is a nice spot, but, um, they like speed. Yeah, for sure. And, th- and that's, what's, that's, what's so cool. You know, that you always had that, you know, that, you know, that velocity versus, you know, uh, impact of the weight, you know, that kinetic, yeah. you know, what you're putting, what you're putting down kinetically. But, you know, the thing about it is, is it's kind of like, you know, we always, you know, talk about, you know, that because we want to you know have plenty of energy on target while we're hunting and stuff like that. But, you know, if you put a hole in the heart, Frank, your animal's going to die. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's just, that's just a fact of life. It's like Clint Smith says, you know, the whole idea is to let air in and fluid out. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I got an elk and a Nell guy last year, uh, roughly this time frame, 
um, with a six millimeter Creedmoor. Why? Cause that's a gun I had in my hand, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was, and it was, there was no issues whatsoever. I mean, the animals, you know, they, they died right there and everything else. I don't know if I would go for an animal that big, that thick skinned animal like that with, you know, with a 22, but man, if, if it's, if there's some practicality to it, why not, man? You know what I mean? Why not? Well, and, and honestly at 3,400 feet per second, the 22 is going to go through. It's just, the hole is really small. You know, but yeah, it, but it, it's going to leave that secondary wound channel with yeah. that supersonic, you know, shockwave going through. Right. And it's just, it's going to solve it, man. It, I, I'm, I'm sure it will. It's the tank Sabo round, right? It's a silver yep, bullet. Yep. It's that same exactly. idea. And so, exactly. you know, the, penet- <laughs> the penetrator and sucks yep. everybody out the other side because it's going so fast. You just gave me an idea. We need to we need to talk to those guys about doing a, a seventeen caliber Sabo in a twenty two, <laughs> or in a three oh eight. Put it up in a yeah, put it up in a three oh eight case with a 17, 17 caliber Sabo round. Uh, okay, now we're getting stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, 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 we're getting we're getting drunk on podcasts over here with power. And, uh, hey, man! But if those if those guys can do it with those big guns, why can't we do it with our little guns? Uh, well, that's it. We're just scaled down from them anyway, so might as well exactly. try it. Exactly. Well, it's like in the classes I've been saying it lately. I said, you know, we we think we're really badass with our six five Creedmoors and our six millimeter Creedmoors and even our three hundred Win Mags, but you really don't have a rifle until it requires a forklift to put in the magazine. <laughs> then you've got a rifle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, Big for guns, sure, man. Cool. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I, I kept you here almost an hour and stuff. I know you got to run. Um, you got about good fifty minutes going on. Uh, get yeah. to, so. RiflesOnlyWebsite.com to sign up for the brawl? Yep, RiflesOnly.com. You can sign up. The registration's open. You can sign up for that. Take a look around at some of the products that we have on there, as well as, you know, the the uh, classes that we have going. I'm going to be doing some rimfire next June up in your area. And so, um, and then we're scouting out some more places to be shooting up there as well. So I'll definitely, I'll definitely be up in there. Dude, your if you need woods. to use our range too, if we're not, I'm, I'm in and out and gone and all that stuff. So, um, you can, you can, uh, what do you call it? You know, always use yeah. that. Thing, okay. So. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. We'll look at, well, we'll check out your range. I know it's, I know it's good. I know it's classy, but we're definitely checking out because brother, we are going to shoot some prairie dogs up there. Yeah. Yeah. The dog and they're at, they're, there's a little group at seven and change. And then there's a group at nine to a thousand. Nice. So nice. yeah, we got that thing. Nice. So cool. Well, cool. I mean, I, they're, they're hard to ignore, but at least, at least save me one little hill. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we got plenty. They're, they're coming in and they're, and they're growing fast. You know, they're getting, they, they, oh, that's sp- awesome. they spread quick. And so it's nice to pop them and everything. And then if we have to, we'll take the side by side up and get a, Get the 600 yards, and then they get easy. Yeah, they're, you know, my eyes ain't what they used to be, Frank. I might need to yeah. build me a hide site about 300 yards out. <laughs> Put the tripods up and just go to town. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I, I really appreciate you uh, you having me on. I appreciate the conversations as usual, and uh, I appreciate you letting me uh, spill up about the brawl. Man, we want to – We wanna. this is, is going to be a good one. I guarantee you it's going to be a good one. People are going to have a great time at this one. Nice. Yeah, everybody should get down there and make that a bucket list, man, to go see Raw match at Rifles only. Definitely worth cool it. Deal. All right, guys, yep. thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Go in the Podbean app and comment. Thanks for Jacob to come on and go see him over at Rifles Only and hit the brawl. And uh, merch sites up. They're doing the production. The first run was kind of big, so you guys will get there. Uh, new live streams getting ready. I did the training. Oh, it's going to be good. And uh, then that's pretty much it for the winter. And Merry Christmas. I'll be talking to you soon. But, you know, happy holidays. Cheers.
say hi to oh your mom, Lisa, everybody too. If I don't talk to them, I will. Cool. I will let everybody know you said hi. Yep, yep. I'm gonna get us out, and then I'll cut us off. Okay. Thanks okay. again, Frank. Yep.